Reverent from the Run DMC and along with Aerosmith. That is a good one. Someone just asked, where do I check in? If you have downloaded the Grace Life Church app, right there on the very front page, it says check in. There's a Walk This Way sermon series about us, then check in, give, and sermons. It's right on the home page. Uh, so you can do that every Sunday morning. Some of you are so used to it that you are doing it as soon as you walk in the building. We appreciate that uh, as well. And 90, 90 plus percent of our giving right now is coming through uh, our app and online. So we appreciate that. We have caught up. Uh, we haven't caught up with the 76,000 that we're down in giving this year, but we have caught up. We've been week to week. We've not missed any giving to our missionaries. We've not missed any electric bills, paychecks. Uh, so we're going to continue to just allow you to obey the Holy Spirit. That's all we want you to, to do and, and to continue to give as he uh, leads you to do, okay? So one of my dear friends is here this morning. It's been a several years since he's been here for, I believe, 2017 was the last time that he was here. Um, but uh, Jose Cook is here this morning. We got to enjoy a football game together a couple Saturdays ago and some lunch together with his son. Uh, Timmy's with him, and we're thankful that he could be here this morning. I want uh, Joshua to come and share just a little bit about the ministry there in Mexico, what God's been doing there, uh, and how you can help them. Would you welcome him as he comes to share with you for a few minutes? How's everybody doing this morning? Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. Um, it's really amazing, amazing. I just feel the love of God in this place. I feel God's presence in this place, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be here. Um, my name is Josue Cook, and I know for some of you it's probably hard, but just think Josue. Sway it away. And um, it'll be easier. Um, I played football here, and they could never get my name right when I tackled somebody. So tackled by number 60, Josue, Josu, and all kinds of uh, swas and sways. But um, <laughs> Finally, um, they got it right. But uh, I'm, I'm thankful to be here. My wife and I, we met here in the U.S., and uh, we've been missionaries in Mexico for nine years. Um, after my dad passed away, um, there was a period of, of uh, hard times down there at the ministry. that They, they started um, um, over 40 years ago, um, and um, Pastor Jamie has been part of that ministry ever since it started, uh, since you were a teenager. And um, when, uh, when dad went down to Mexico, he left... Uh, tenured position as a professor of the of the New Mexico University, um, University of New Mexico, and um, he uh, left that and went to Mexico to, to take care of children, and uh, he just, all his life, just lived day in and day out to serve others, and, and just um, over 500 kids that he rescued from the streets, and, and just thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, surgeries that he helped perform. Uh, he was a doctor, he's a medical doctor. And uh, he started a clinic where he gave free medical attention to the poorest of the poor down in Mexico. Um, on 2011, uh, I'm sorry, 20, 2009, on 11th of October, almost 12 years um, next week, um, he was preaching at one of the churches he planted, a very small rural church where uh, um, Native, American, Native indigenous people uh, lived. And uh, he preached the gospel to them. And uh, he was preaching, and he had his Bible in one hand like this. And in the middle of the service, uh, he just went like this. And he said, Jesus, and he fell over to the side and, 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 and passed away 
in the middle of a service, in the middle of a message. Um, he, he, he died doing what he loved uh, the most. And what an honor and a privilege, you know, to go that way. Right, Pastor? And so I just, it's just amazing to, to, to be able to continue with what he started so many years ago. And, and it's an honor and a privilege because really uh, I feel so little so many times, you know, um, following in his footsteps. Um, but yeah, my wife and I have been down there for nine years. Uh, we, we, met down, we met in Florida and uh, God moved us to Honduras for a year and a half. And uh, we planted a church down there and we were starting a, uh, a children's ministry like my dad. And uh, then uh, um, in Mexico, there was help needed. So I, my wife and I came to Mexico, um, and eventually uh, my mom turned it over to us, and we were able to uh, continue with that beautiful ministry. And it's been nine years, can you believe it? Nine years that we've been down there. So right now we have 36 children that we are um, parenting, um, and we have a, a, a place for them where they go to school, where, where they go to church, and more than anything, they learn about Jesus. And um, so it's, it's been such an honor to see them grow. Uh, in nine years, we already have four in college, finishing college. We have some in high school. We have some in junior high and some in elementary. And let me tell you, they come in all sizes. They come in all forms. They come in all shapes. I mean, really, they, they, they are amazing kids, amazing children. We've had the privilege of just working with them and, and, and be a father and mother. My wife, my wife and I be a father and mother to them. And, and yeah, God's, God's just been moving in their lives. And, and it's, it's really amazing to see what God can do when you just trust him, when you just hear his voice and just decide to, to follow him. And uh, but yeah, Pastor, that's um, what's been going on. So I just thank you again. Thank you again so much for the opportunity to share a little bit about the ministry down there. Love you, brother. I'm going to uh, use... Sway in the message this morning when we get to different points of what how we walk like Jesus walked. I'm going to ask you to share a testimony or two how, how you've been walking like Jesus walked. So, would you greet him again as he is seated and he'll be back in just a few minutes and we'll share uh, today? So, I, I you know, last week I told you that uh, we just want to continue to paint a beautiful picture uh, of Jesus week in and week out, just just how good God is. I know that we get caught up a lot of times, and our nature sometimes in America is that we want to be told what to do. Uh, and then when we're told what to do, uh, we get discouraged when we're not always faithful to do those things. Uh, but I just really want to paint a, bit, a beautiful picture of Jesus so much that you fall in love with how much he's fallen in love with you. Uh, and our desire is that every, after every gathering that people just leave mesmerized by the story of the Son of God and what He's done uh, for us, so much so that you'll begin to recognize that the, the spell that sin had on you has been forever removed. I mean, that, if we leave right there after that, we've had a great service because we can begin to recognize that that spell, that curse, the curse was hung on the tree so that you and I don't have to face uh, a cursing. And so the Holy Spirit just really began to deal with me and talk to me about um, some weeks back just informing you of how we need to imitate Christ. Uh, Grace Life has been here now for eight years. 
we shared a lot about the grace of God. And man, when I got a hold of the message of the, how, how much God loved me and His grace, and I became secure in that, there were a, a lot of things that I realized uh, that I didn't have to do out of a duty anymore. I mean, every time I would feel discouraged because of something that I was told that I needed to do and then I didn't do it, or every time I felt like I had done something that I shouldn't have done and then I was redoubling my efforts, so I would pray more, I would fast more, I would read the Bible more. And like I said last week, you know, redoubling our efforts is not uh, helping us see this beautiful picture of who Jesus is and make sure... I've got all of my notes and everything with me this morning, so um, that's why I just want to talk the next few weeks, have a conversation with you, uh, release some information unto you, and just try to help you to understand that even in light of grace and the freedom that we have, there are some oughts in the Scripture. Uh, our friend and mentor, Paul White, has a whole series of messages on what you ought uh, to be doing, even in light of grace. I think sometimes we, we think that, uh, and, and rightfully so, there's a lot of freedoms. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial to us. And so there are a lot of things that you can do, you have the freedom to do, you have the right to do, but are they, are they beneficial? Are they beneficial, number one, to you? Number two, are they beneficial to those around you? Are they becoming a stumbling block? And so this is not a list of things to do or not to do. Uh, matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. But I believe that the longer we follow Christ, a few weeks back we talked about Jesus telling the disciples to follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So I believe that the longer that we follow Christ, the more that we should become like him. If Jesus is the divine portrait the true likeness, the exact image, the true representation of the invisible Father, then we should be His representation in the earth. And so I don't believe that one can walk like Jesus walked by doing these two things. Would you put that slide of elimination and determination on the screen? I think that so much of the preaching and teaching has been what I experienced, I don't know what your experience has been, but what I have experienced is here's a list of a lot of things that you need to eliminate from your life. And if you are successful in eliminating these things from your life, then you'll be more like Christ. Has anybody heard any messages similar to that in teaching? So you have to eliminate a lot of things. I found out when I started eliminating a lot of things, I wasn't enjoying life as much. I mean, they told us growing up that we couldn't go to movies. Uh, there's a lot of things. And I'm not talking about things that are God-awful that you would just turn your head in perversions and things. I'm just talking about a lot of things that you could enjoy life in. Couldn't wear shorts. I've got good-looking legs. I want to wear shorts, you know. <laughs> but it was a list of eliminating a lot of things. Does that resonate with anybody at all? Then, if it wasn't a list of things that you had to eliminate, then the second list was a list of things that you were determined that you had to do to become more like Christ. And so this determination was, it's like every Monday I am determined that I'm going to start a diet to lose 10 pounds. 
I see everybody shaking their heads. I'm determined every Monday that I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> By Tuesday morning, I've failed. <laughs> you know, so this list of determinations that we're going to do for Christ, I'm going to read two chapters in the old and one chapter in the new and a psalm and proverb every day, and then you fall flat on your face, you fail to do it, and you, then you're going to redouble your effort, so you beat yourself up, you get discouraged, and you're just, oh, I'm determined, I'm going to do this. I, I mean, uh, am I the only one? Am I looking in the mirror and talking to myself? See, these things of elimination and determination do not determine whether you are becoming like Christ or not. Now, I believe that we should read, pray, Spend time with the Holy Spirit because in doing those things, uh, um, in one of the points you'll see this more uh, clearly, I believe, then we can learn, we can have resources, we can have tools that will help us uh, in our becoming like Christ, which is literally how we've already been created. Doesn't that say it in the beginning? God said, let us make man in our image. You were already created in the image and the likeness of Christ. So what is in you then needs to come to the outside of you because First um, John 2.6, let's look at First John 2.6 together. It says it like this, He who says he abides in Christ ought to, Circle that word ought. Ought himself also to walk just as he walked, just as Christ walked. So as Christ walked, that's how we as followers, believers, the representation of the Father in the earth, that's how we ought to be walking. I'm concerned as I observe many who I'm close to that would call Grace Life their home and me their pastor, and even sometimes my own life, that I'm covered by the blood, I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm secure that if I died right now, my home would be heaven. Uh, those things don't worry me. What I am concerned about is, are we walking as Christ walked in such a way that we are the representation of the invisible Father in the earth? Because body of Christ, sons and daughters, the bride of Christ, we are the vehicle by which the world will come to Christ. And if we're not walking in such a way, I mean, John says it now, the, the author of um, John, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, um, is John, the apostle, the one who laid his head in the bosom of Christ, who wrote the Gospels as well. And Lisa, if I'm not mistaken, he wrote 1, 2, and 3 John prior to writing the Gospel of John. So he's writing in about 80 A.D. when he's writing the Gospels of John, uh, which, by the way, is after the decimation and uh, complete annihilation of the temple in 72 A.D., which was the end of the world for the Jew. So in his writings, he's telling us that there are some things that... I had you circle the word ought, and I believe that we need to look at that a little deeper. So let's look at the Greek definition, because he wrote in Greek. Uh, that's the language that he wrote in as the Holy Spirit inspired him to pin the words ought. That word ought there is shri, S-H-R-E in the Greek. It means it needs to be, it must be, or it should be. In other words, it is necessary, or is it, it is advantageous. 
So if I looked at that scripture and I said, if I abide in Christ, then it is advantageous to me and it is advantageous to others that I walk as Christ walked. It's to my advantage, it's necessary, and to my advantage, and it's necessary and to your advantage if we all walk as Christ walked. Does that make it a little easier to understand there than just using this word ought? I mean, you ought to do this, and it sounds like I'm a teacher pointing my finger in your face, and I'm going to smack your hand with a ruler if you don't, because you must do this. Well, it's advantageous. It's necessary that we should be doing this. I, do not de- I don't believe that this is uh, determining where you spend eternity, but I do believe, as we paint the beautiful picture of Christ, that it is adv- advantageous to us to live the abundant life here on the earth as we follow these particular uh, things that I'm going to mention, mention as we observe how Christ walked. Anybody? interested in knowing how Christ walked. Because I believe if we find out how he walked, then it's advantageous to us as Christ followers and believers then to walk as he walked. The meaning of the word walk is not just the action of putting one foot in front of the other and having motion or movement towards a goal. It's metaphoric and it's symbolic. It's even Hebraic. When I say Hebraic, I mean it's even the Hebrew culture that they understood when uh, he said, Paul would say, or John would say, walk as he walked. It's not just, okay, following the footsteps of the master and as a child trying to put my foot in every footprint. You remember the footprints in the sand uh, poem? I mean, that's great. That's wonderful, and I, I believe that. But it, there's more to just trying to put my foot in the big old steps of my father as I follow him. Okay, it's Hebraically, it means... It's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. Um, so is Jesus our example or not? Yes. So in the way that he walked, in the way that he lived his life, his lifestyle, then is what we should be imitating or following. Uh, and how he lived in the public eye is how we ought <laughs> to be living our lives in the public life. See, in the days gone by, I would have totally entitled this message something like this. Be ye holy, for your Father in heaven is holy. And you need to live a holy life. And if you don't clean up your act and get this out of your life and fast this much, and, and I would add all of that list that you needed to be determined to do so that you could be emptied of yourself. But I found out that when the Holy Spirit took up in res- residence in me, He's what makes me holy. Amen. See, because the Bible says that be ye holy as your Father in heaven is holy, whereas Jesus is holy. How's He holy? Jesus was never declared holy by God the Father because of the things that He did. He simply called Him holy because He was His Son. He was well pleased in Him because he was the son before he had ever done anything on the planet. So uh, our Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit in our hearts are both working towards one goal. So the Father doesn't have a plan and a goal in heaven that is different from the plan and the goal of, of the Holy Spirit in you. 
The Holy Spirit in you would never guide you away from anything that the Father would have in His plan and His will for you. So in unity, in conjunction with God the Father, the Holy Spirit living in you has one goal, and that goal is that we would live our lives as Christ lived His life. Romans, the 8th chapter, verses 28 and 29. Let's go there. And look at that scripture together. Two verses from Romans, the eighth chapter. God causes all things, how many things? Everything that is going on in your life, God may not have brought you to it, but he will bring you through it. And as he brings you through it, he's working it out for your good or to your advantage. To those who are loved by him and to those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become or to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, simply put, as Jeremiah put it, he knew you in your mother's womb. And he had predestined and he foreknew that the image that he created you was in the likeness of God himself and that he wanted to manifest the image, that image out of you and through you to the world. That was, he didn't want you to be conformed to the image of the world. He wanted you to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, we know that as he is, 1 John 4, 17 says, so are we in the world. Have you ever heard me say that over the last several years? As he is right now, not as he was when he walked the planet, but as he is right now, so are you in this world. So God the Father, when he looks over the balcony of heaven and he sees you, he sees Jesus. And so as Jesus walked in the earth when he was in the flesh, that's how he uh, wants and it's advantageous to us and those around us to walk in that image. So here's just a few observations. This is not a, a list of um, exhausted list of everything and the way that Jesus acted, talked, walked. This is just a few observations um, that I can um, point out to you that may help you as you look at the way Jesus walked so that we ought to walk that way. Are you ready? You want to take some notes. Number one, Jesus lived in relationship with his father. They had a relationship, such a relationship, and I believe that we can have this relationship with the Father, that Jesus was so dependent upon the Father that he says in John's Gospel, the fifth chapter, verse 19, that he did not do anything that the Father didn't do. So in other words, as he had relationship with his Father, if his Father didn't do it or say it, then Jesus didn't do it or say it. So uh, there's a lot of things that you may uh, feel free to do, but as an example, uh, as followers of Christ, one of the things that I know that will help us, that will be uh, to our advantage and to the advantage around us, is not to do or to say anything that the Father hasn't told you to say or to do. That's pretty simple. It's pretty simple, but outside of a relationship. Now, I, 
the only work that you must do to be saved is to believe. And I, I am persuaded of that. Uh, people don't have to say certain prayers. They don't have to do certain things. If they believe in the finished work, and they acknowledge, Scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you are saved. The believing comes first. If you just confess something with your mouth, but you haven't believed it in your heart, I mean, I believe you're a child of God. That's another message for another day. But what Jesus did on the cross, is, not, is it not greater than what Adam did in the garden? And the Bible says in Romans, the fifth chapter, that by one man's disobedience, Adam's disobedience, many were made sinners. And then it says, but by the obedience of one, many were made the same word that was used because of disobedience, they were made sinners. But because of what Christ did, many were made righteous. So what Jesus did at the cross is greater. And so when you believe that and you confess that, you're be, you are translated just like that in a twinkling of an eye from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and you begin a relationship with, with the Father. And in that relationship, as you spend time with Him, and you become totally dependent upon Him, uh, you be, build that relationship. So... Joshua, Joshua, if you'd come, he was telling me just a few days ago of how in his relationship with the Father and spending time with the Father, that the Father spoke something to his heart that spared his life. I, I want you to listen to this relationship that he had with the Father and how God talked to you about your health and what took place. Well, it was a, a month ago. Uh, one, uh, Tuesday morning, I was praying, I was having my devotionals, and um, I just heard this voice inside of me telling me, go get a checkup, and um, I'm feeling great, I'm not feeling sick at all, I'm, I mean, I'm just working out more than I used to, I'm starting to eat better, and I really was not feeling bad, but uh, it got me curious, and I said, well, I'm going to do it, so um, I went, next day, I went in fasting, I didn't have anything to eat at night, and then I um, went in the next morning, and, and they took some blood, and um, I think I had it be in a cup, too. And, um, and they took all that stuff, and, and, and they asked me, well, we need a doctor for the reference. And uh, I was like, well, I, I don't have a doctor. I mean, I just, the doctor's up there, you know. He just told me to do, do something with my health, you know. And so, you, you know, they, they put my own name on the doctor's uh, uh, order, and um, they did the, 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 the drew blood and all. And while I was sitting there, I heard, I heard it again. Get an electrocardiogram, an EKG. And I was like, okay, so can you guys do an electrocardiogram too? And he was like, well, did the doctor tell that to, to you too? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so um, they did an electrocardiogram. And uh, that same day, on Wednesday night, um, I, I got the results for the blood and, and, and the urine. And uh, my sugar was very high, uh, my cholesterol was high, and triglycerides were very high. And that set off a chain of reaction of a lot of things, just bad potassium, all kinds of stuff on, on the report. And it really scared me 
And all of a sudden, I was like feeling all kinds of things in my body. I was already like being like, oh, my heart, you know, things, you know, like uh, a tingle in my leg, a tingle in my head, you know, and like starting to feel all kinds of things, you know. And, and I got pretty scared. I called Tim here, and um, I really love that man. He's showed me so much, showed me so much. He's been such a great example to my life and my wife and my family, and I just, I just love you, Tim. So I called Tim. He's been like a father to me ever since Dad passed away. And I told him about the, the, what was going on, and, um, and um, you know, you know uh, and then Cheryl, his wife, uh, he told, she told me, you know, it might be a blessing in disguise, you know. God letting you, letting you know in advance, uh, but people tell us those things, and we were like in, in it, and we were like, oh, I don't think so, I don't want to be going through that, you know. But um, anyway, we, I, I, I just prayed and, and, and waited upon the Lord, and then on Friday, I get the EKG results. And the first thing I see on the top of the, the, the page is it says blockage to the heart. It says heart blockage, first degree AV, AV blockage, and, uh, which it means it's electrical. It's not really like a clot. Uh, it's electrical. And so it means that my heart has two nodes and one's delaying to, to open. You know, it's, it's a little delay. And then I called him, and I, I called him again, and I'm like... Um, Please take care of my family, you know, if anything happens to me. I'm crying on the phone. I'm just like distraught. And I see my son. I see my, my wife, my children, and, and all, the, all of the other kids. I just see them, and I'm, I'm worried. I'm like, what's going to happen, you know? And um, it truly was God uh, letting me know, you know, ahead, way ahead of time. Because nobody gets a checkup at 32, you know? And uh, I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because he let me know in advance by his grace. And, and you know, I immediately started to take care of myself. Uh, in a diet, exercising more, and, and I really felt like he was telling me, he was blessing me by letting me know what was happening, and if I did not take care of myself, if I did not act upon it, then I would not be honoring him. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so it's just amazing how God speaks, and we sometimes uh, hear but don't listen. And, and sometimes God's uh, speaking to us every minute of the day, and we, we just miss it and keep missing it. Why? Because we don't have a relationship. And, and now let me tell you a key word, love. You know, love is a key for everything in this world. Love is something that overcomes anything in this world. And, and love drives us into a, a deeper and closer relationship with God every single day. And if we just, uh, we, we just believe what the Bible says and just trust the Lord and come near Him, He'll fill our hearts, love, hearts with love. Love doesn't come from uh, physical experiences in a church. Love comes from having a relationship with God, with God. So if you, if you have love in your heart, you just, you'll just do crazy things in this world. You'll change your, your life. You'll change other people's lives. You'll just start making things happen. And, and we just need to start trusting the Lord. I want to tell one more story if I can. Um, just how God speaks. And when you listen to God and you obey God, then, then crazy things happen. Amazing things happen. And, and the craziest thing is that my son was able to experience this. We were at the airport in Mexico City. I was already stressed about all these news right before coming up here. And, and I'm, 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 in my pocket, I only have enough money to pay for two COVID tests for him and I and for dinner. And then we would just get on the plane because the, the ticket was paid and we just go, right? So we get there. We are outside of the airport and we're on the line to get our COVID test, him and I. And uh, we're about three people behind, and uh, I hear two ladies crying on the sidewalk outside the airport. And, and I moved, and I'm like, what's going on? So, so I said, Timmy, hold the place. I'm going to go see what's going on. So I went over, 
And I, they didn't look like they were homeless. They had their bags and everything. So I went over and I said, is there anything I can do for you? Are you okay? Are you okay? And they were like, oh, we lost our wallet. We have no money, no cards, and our phones are dead. And we can't get a COVID test to leave the country because they were going to the U.S. They were just distraught. And I heard this little voice inside me say, do you trust me? I reached into my pocket and took everything, every single thing I had in my pocket. And I just went, here you go, pay for your COVID test. It was two people, two people. So it was two COVID tests. And I gave everything I had. I just, here you go, pay for your COVID test. She got up and she said this to me. May you live a long and healthy life. See what I'm going through? See what I'm going through? See what I was going through? See what the, the news I got from the doctor, you know? Telling me I'm going to be diabetic. Telling me I'm going to be all these things. And, 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 and here I'm hearing God say, you trust me. And I go to this lady and I said, here you go. And she says, may you live a long and healthy life. God's blessing me through this lady that I've never known, met before. So she gets up. She gets back on the line with her, with her daughter. And I'm like getting ready to get off the line because I have no more money to pay for the, the COVID test. And I was going to figure out, I was going to call Tim. I was going to call my sister, see who could help me, you know. I was already thinking, what could I do, you know. And I heard it again. Do you trust me? And I said, yes. So I stayed on the line. I stayed on the line. And, and, and he was like, what are we going to do? <laughs> my son was like, what are we going to do? And I said, I don't know. I feel like Abraham and Isaac, you know? So we waited, and we got to the point where it was our turn, and I was like, maybe the computer will glitch or something. Maybe the computer will fail, and they'll just be like, okay, you're fine. You're good to go. I don't know. I'll just go. So as I'm entering this little booth, I feel a hand on my shoulder going like this. And, and I turn around, and it's this, this lady, and she's like, son, we found our wallet. Here's your money back. And she gives me the money back, and I was able to pay for that. It was unbelievable. And he says, God is so good. My son says, God is so good. And I was just so thankful, not just because he did it, but because he allowed him to experience that beauty of trusting God. Trusting God. Let me tell you something. God will never forsake you. He will never forsake you. We will forsake ourselves. We will for, and we'll be forsaken by people in this world, but he will never forsake us. If we just decide to trust him, if we just decide to hear him and hear his voice, he will do amazing things through you and in you. Just trust God. If I can tell you anything today, just trust God and trust in his love and let his love work through you. Wherever you go, just let his love work through you. You'll see amazing, amazing things happen in your life and around you. There's a thousand ways that you can help somebody today. There's a thousand ways that you can see God's hand move in your life today, today. Just get out there, open your eyes, your spiritual eyes, and start experiencing God in a real way. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Mm. I, I just believed that when he spoke, when he was telling me about that, and then preparing this message that in relationship, what really struck me was the total dependence upon the Father. He just stayed in that line and did exactly what the Father told him to do. I mean, like, can I live in a place in relationship with the Father 
that I can trust him with every dime I've got in my pocket. See, most of us in America can't comprehend if the Father would speak in relationship, if you have that relationship like Jesus did. See, I'm talking about it's advantageous to us. We ought to walk the way Jesus walked. How did Jesus walk? He walked in relationship with the Father and only did and said what the Father told him to do. I'm, I have made the comment in my lifetime that the, the individual that I have seen who represented Jesus Christ to me the most in my life was Dr. John Cook, Josue's dad. I've seen him in Mexico, and children would offer him a sucker that they've been licking on, and he would just take it and lick it and give it right back to them and love on them, get down in the dirt with their snot and everything else on them. I've been with him where we've laid hands on black, lep black mountain leprosy. I've seen a child with leukemia limp in its mother's arms, and we prayed for that baby, and boom. The Holy Spirit spoke in relationship with Josue here recently to go to the hot country of Hasmine where many were dying of COVID, and the Holy Spirit said, go. And he went and laid hands on 25-plus individuals just out of faith in God, and he didn't get it, and they were raised up off of their beds of affliction because he's totally dependent on. We can be totally dependent on. If we're going to walk as Jesus walked, we've got to walk in relationship with the Father. Amen? Amen? Number two, Jesus was moved and he walked in compassion for others. Matthew 14, 14 says that Jesus was moved with compassion and he, when he was moved with compassion, it says that he healed them all. If we are going to walk as Jesus walked, we need to be moved with compassion and we need to be healing agents. Matter of fact, we are the leaves of the trees that Revelation speaks of that bring healing to the nations, are we not? He served them. He washed his disciples' feet. He was humble. He was compassionate for the needs of others. Jesus, and Josue already said it, Jesus walked in love for all people. Regardless of their skin tone, regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of what they were identifying as, what they smelled like, how much money they had in their pocket, where they came from or where they were going, Jesus lived with love for all people. We can say that we love all people, but when we get in a disagreement with someone that doesn't see something politically the same way that we see it, then we begin to be at odds with one another and we begin to argue. And my goodness, I've seen the church be at each other's drug juggler veins recently over things that are going on. But Jesus walked in love for all people. He said it was a new commandment that he was giving his disciples in John 13, 34, that we would love one another as he loved us. In other words, his lifestyle was one of love and not love conditionally based upon how people treated him, but love unconditionally. And he gave us that example that we ought to walk in love towards one another. Number four, Jesus lived to transform and not to conform. The whole life of Jesus walking the planet, his lifestyle brought transformation. 
We've talked about this and we've spoken to this several times. As kingdom people in the earth today, we should be leaving behind a residue that leaves the kingdom behind. And when the kingdom is involved, everywhere the kingdom and everything that the kingdom touches is transformed. If we're not leaving things better than we found them, are we walking as we ought to be walking? And this is not a message of condemnation. It's a reflection of us, really, it's to our advantage if we walk in that way. Man, if I leave something better than I found it, guess what? They're going to want me to come back. Not because of me, but because I'm walking the way that I ought to walk as a Christ follower. Jesus, these are just some observations, and I'm going to end with this one. So, Frank, if you'll come. Jesus walked in forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another. When I read that, be kind one to, no, to another, you know who comes to my mind immediately? My wife, my children, you all. It's easy for me to be kind to you guys. But it's the person that cuts me off when I'm pulling in the Starbucks on the way to work, and I want my coffee, and they cut me off. It's the one that uh, flipped me the bird because maybe I cut them off and I want to get back at them. And, you know, it's, it's those that uh, may not uh, agree with me when it comes to uh, I've been vaccinated, they haven't been vaccination, and they have the freedom to make a medical choice, and I have a freedom to make a medical choice. And then I, it, be kind to one another. Not just those inside the church, not just those that you go to church with, not those that you have Thanksgiving dinner with, but be kind one to another. He adds to that tender-hearted. Lord, soften our hearts. We need to be thick-skinned and tender-hearted instead of thin-skinned and tough-hearted. Tender-hearted. Paul said, then forgiving one another. And he gives us an example. In other words, he says, do it the way Jesus did it. Walk the way Jesus walked. Talk the way Jesus talked. Forgiving one another just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. When did Jesus forgive you? Did he forgive you when you asked? Forgiveness came at the cross before you ever asked when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgiveness, if we're going to forgive the way that God forgave, I feel like this is a fishing hole, then we're going to forgive people even if they don't ask. Maybe they don't know what they did. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You're speaking about compassion. God's compassion for others. Yesterday, a group of men were praying at Senator Manchin's office. Senator Manchin's getting bombarded from both sides every which way, and we just prayed for him. And I, I was praying, and Josue was across from me, and we were in a circle. And after I finished praying, it was cold yesterday morning, Josue's jacket was gone. I mean, he was sitting there in a T-shirt like he is now. <laughs> and I, I didn't see it, but apparently a, a guy behind us was walking towards the hospital, uh, children's hospital. His hands were in his shorts. He was so cold. Josue took his jacket and gave it to him. It was just like I told him after. It was just what his dad would have done and just what Jesus would have done. 
And so I just wanted to share that, that uh, uh, it was just amazing just to see him. I was, I was looking, where does Coke go? You know, and I didn't see it. All the other guys had seen it, but I had my back to it. And it was just this incredible. We had been talking about churches doing Jesus stuff, not churchy stuff. And so that was just another example. Amen. Good stuff. I think one of the missing ingredients, maybe even a key to unlocking some things in our own life, healing and different things, is not because Jesus doesn't want to do it for us. He's already done. He's finished the work for healing and deliverance and, and all of these things. But a lot of times we keep ourselves blocked from that blessing and that benefit with unforgiveness in our hearts. And so we, we can be kind one to another, tenderhearted, and forgive one another, even as God forgave in Christ. That means forgiving when they don't deserve it. And it means forgiving on the basis of grace and not work. See, because God didn't forgive us because of our work, so I shouldn't be waiting for someone else to treat me better or to be kinder to me or to do something for me in order to forgive them. But So if I received forgiveness based on grace, not works, then the way that I should be forgiving others is based on grace. They don't deserve it, and they didn't do anything to earn it. It's just that's our spirits sometimes don't want to hear that because we want people to treat us differently, then we'll forgive them. But if we're going to walk as Jesus walked, then we're going to walk in forgiveness. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, you were created in that image, and then we are being transformed. What is on the inside of us is coming out. I could say it this way, what you behold is what you become. A mirror does not create an image. It only receives one. Jesus is the image. We are the mirror. We receive his image. So here at the beginning I said it's not through elimination or determination. And the end, I'll end with this. It is by receiving retaining and reflecting we receive the image of god we retain his image by walking as he walked and then we reflect that image everywhere we go i believe that it's so much to our advantage and to the advantage of others around us that it can change the world it can change the world you live in for sure we frame the world that we live in by the words that we speak. And if we're walking in the Spirit, and as we continue this series through this month as walking this way, we're going to be talking about walking in the Spirit and walking in unity and walking in love. And what does it look? There's a whole lot. We're even going to talk about walking on water. Jesus did it. And I believe that we can walk on the water. Peter did it. All right. Well, let's stand together as we get ready to close out this service this morning. I appreciate Josue's sharing with us this morning. When we are finished, 
here today and we're getting ready to dismiss if you have any cash in your pocket would you put it on the altar he's driving two vehicles across the border this week and he needs gas money to get down there he needs about a thousand dollars to get gas down there this morning so if you have any cash just place it on the altar as we finish maybe you want to spend a moment thanking god when you get down here and asking him to continue to help you reflect his image in the world we'll sing after i pray father thank you thank you for allowing us to release this information and this message as we continue to paint a beautiful picture of who jesus is and that we lift him up and he's glorified in our lives and through our lives and that we as we obey the holy spirit in relationship with the father do what he tells us to do we give what he tells us to give we go where he tells us to go we say what he tells us to say now as we minister to you in song may you lead and guide us in these last few moments in jesus name amen